Content warning. Death and burning. Moss Hollow, Episode 9. The Signalman. My foot, I, I can't. My eyes burn from the smoke. The bees swarm us. My leg feels numb. Anna can't lift me, so she drags me instead. Propped against the boulder, I can barely breathe. She shoves my bag into my lap and grips the quilt. What the hell? Please work, please work. She grabs a camera, hands shaking. She places my fingers on the button. Facing the lens to her, she says, do it. Look through the lens. I don't question it. I see the reflection of my eye at first. She stares back. I press the button. It's night. I can't see anything, but I know we're not on the ridge. We're in the grass, surrounded by tree cover, but I still smell the smoke. My ankle's against the ground. I lift my leg. I feel for my foot. It's gone. I rack my mind for something that could have happened, but nothing. It's just missing. I was running and then I I fell. I feel for a place next to me to steady myself. And I throw up. (laughs) My left hand feels my bag. I don't feel the quilt. Anna has her flashlight out. She shines it on my leg. I can't look but I feel her pull up the cuff of my jeans. Lacey, what did you do? I can't answer. I'm trying to find the words. My body is shaking. Hey, she comes to my side, pushing my milk-stained hair behind my ear. No, under my hand is moss. Anna! She shines the light along the ground, revealing a large patch of deep green moss. I get up, but stumble... We cower backwards, and I pull the quilt away from it. The crushed Angelica rolls out. I reach for it. I'm going to rip it to shreds. But Anna pulls me back. No, Lacey, don't! Get off me! She reaches the Angelica before I do and stands to move away from me. Giving up, I lie back into the earth, sobbing. The burning smell is in my hair, my shirt, my pores. I don't want to try to stand up. I don't know what happened, if it was that thing or the Angelica or if I'm cursed. Through my tears, a light flickers in the distance. I hear Anna on the other side of me flipping pages in the book. I blink to clear my eyes. Squinting into the darkness, I see a single dim light moving through a clear path in the trees. We must be by the road again. It's moving quickly jostling back and forth. It's a lantern, and someone is running towards us. I struggle to lift myself, and I reach for my pack, ready to drag myself into the woods if I have to. Anna, do you hear that? People are yelling in the distance. Something is wrong. I hear chaos and the sound of fire. I feel heat, but I can't see anything. We have to ask the Angelica to protect us. That thing is going to kill us. Lacey, what if it's temporary? Your foot. I look toward the direction of the heat, panicking that I can't tell what's wrong. 
What if the book can tell us what to do? Her hands are shaking, but the book is blank and doing nothing, and the Angelica is bent in half. A flash of light blinds me. An eruption of flames illuminates the woods nearby. Men are screaming. The squeal of metal in the fire rings in my ears. It's a train wreck. We're close to the tracks and feel the heat blowing through our hair, but just out of reach of the accident. Men are screaming, help, this way, over here, send for more water. The wreckage flicks fire as tall as the trees. Men are heaving barrels of water off a truck and hauling buckets to put it out. We're by a railroad crossing with the gates left up. People are panicking and ringing bells. The remains of the cars are derailed on their side. Piles of coal are spilled into the grass, some of them burning. I see a group of men try to reach the engine, but it's too dangerous. And just then, an explosion. <laughs> Two are blown back into the ground. They shield themselves from the heat. One man screams, and I hear another say to leave it be. The crew is dead. A voice rings out in my head that isn't my own. I whirl around to look behind me, but it's only Anna, who's as petrified as I am. She limply holds the book. The photos slip out onto the grass. I swiftly pick them up and shove them into my back pocket until we can find a way to secure them. I don't know why we're here or what we're supposed to do, but I trust myself to follow the voice. I reach out for the Angelica and shove it into the open page. Anna smacks it shut. There's a voice! I yell over the sound of fire. She relaxes her face with a look of understanding. She tucks the book under one arm and lifts me up with the other. I hate that I have to rely on her, so much that I have to focus not to seize up with anger. We begin to limp toward the pyre. Faster, I say. I'm trying. Men are running, trying to call to one another, but it's difficult to hear. I move to cross the tracks. No, they're all over there, Anna argues. The voice is on that side, I'm sure of it. I don't think so. We're following the voice, right? It's over there. I don't really trust your judgment right now. I shove her away from me. What the fuck, Anna? She stumbles backwards but catches herself. See, you're rash, you're making bad decisions. Fine, I don't need you to help me. You look for it on your own. Maybe we shouldn't look for the voice at all. We need to look for the next plant spirit. No, we're here for a reason. Then you look. I don't want to go near it anyway. She's gripped with fear. I'm balancing on one leg, trying to figure out how I'll continue. Fuck off, Anna. Go be a coward and look for the stupid plants. I throw the book onto the tracks and reach for the ground, ready to crawl toward the wreckage. I don't look back. I manage to use my hands and knees to lunge into an awkward crawl in the gravel. It really hurts, but I need to hurry. I hear it louder. A couple men run past metal shards and a smoldering pile of debris. The stench is unbearable, and the smoke is thicker the closer I get. Maybe Anna's right. This is really stupid. Looking beyond the edge of the flame, I see the silhouette of a man holding a lantern. The fire blazes outward, disintegrating the wreckage even further in on itself. The coal smoke is black, billowing into the sky as if it were to threaten the entire town. 
I'm close enough now that if there's another explosion, it can hurt me. There's a faint cry from a voice behind me. I turn toward the debris. There's a man underneath. Help! Over here! No one hears me. I crawl toward the heavy pile that's crushing him. I wish I could go faster. I reach him, trapped underneath hot metal, maybe remnants of the engine wall. I move to pull the huge fragments off of him. But it burns my hand. Shit! I don't have anything with me to use as a barrier between my skin and the metal. Help! I call again. I don't see anyone nearby. I doubt they can hear me. How do I get him out? I try picking up a large rock nearby and using it to knock the metal out of the way. But at this angle, I can't do it. And balancing on one leg, I don't have enough leverage. Besides, I don't want to hurt him further on accident. My heart is bursting out of my chest with fear. I'm angry that Anna changed her mind. I always have to do everything alone. I'm drenched in sweat from the heat. Fuck, she's right. I'm not thinking straight. Okay, breathe. I pull the photos out of my pocket. On the back is the inscription. Sator. Arepo. Tenet. Opera. Rotas. Cold air blows around me. It feels the same as it did at the crossroads. Time slows and sounds fade. I feel ice in my fingers and joints. Shoving the photos back in my pocket, I grip the metal and I use all my strength to pull it toward me. It's uncomfortable to touch the burning metal with cold hands, but I don't feel any pain. Okay, that's one down. I say it again for good measure. Sator, Aretho, Tenet, Opera, Rotas. I grab more debris, trying different grips to pull the pieces away. Sparks fly upwards from the glowing hot embers. His torso is out now, and his left arm. There's one more large smoking scrap that's pinning him down. Come on. I can't get it. He looks up at me with half-closed eyes. He's badly burned, but I can see raised hairs on his arm. Cold wind shoots toward us. I get a feeling I can't use this method much longer, or I'm inviting danger. I can't make out what he's trying to say. I have to get this off him. Something's wrong. Anna runs toward me. From the other side of the debris, she looks wavy in the rising heat. When she sees the man underneath, she screams. I'm still pulling, but I can't get it. She sets the book down and hesitates before touching the metal. She doesn't burn either. With more confidence now, we pull together as hard as we can. It won't budge. We try for a few more minutes, but my fingers are losing strength. They hurt now. I'm freezing. I look down at him, hoping he's still alive. He's saying something, trying to move his lips. I bend down to hear him. Tell me, I say. He's close to death, but I try not to think that. I can't make out what he's saying. He looks past me. Maybe he can't see me at all. A chill runs through me. If I can't save him, maybe I can be with him when he goes. Anna's gone quiet, but I can hear her footsteps slowly come around to meet us. She's crying. I'm not a praying person, but Granny helped me last time something bad happened. Maybe I can ask again. 
please help this man. Please give him peace. The book creaks open, the pages fluttering in the wind. The mint pulls at our senses. The Angelica's roots shoot from the spine of the book and emit a warm light. The roots quickly take to the ground around us, through the gravel, avoiding the flame. For the first time since the ridge, I feel the roots again within my own veins. They shoot toward the tracks, gripping onto the railroad ties. Turning toward the man again, we lock eyes. He sees me for the first time. His eyes are unflinching, piercing into mine. He's unafraid. He takes his last breath. Tears roll down my cheeks. I couldn't save him. Lacey, Anna stares apprehensively at the blaze. We need to get out of here. Someone runs over to us. When I look up, it's a man in maybe his 60s holding a lantern. You must close the veil. Anna looks at me. I... I don't know. He kneels down and holds the lantern up to my face. I'm here to help you. You're not safe. I feel cold air, but I don't hear any humming. It feels like it did at the crossroads. Lacey, what do we do? Use what you have, he says. I clutch the book, still sending plant matter from its pages. I need to ask again for protection, but this time I have to do it right. If I don't, I might lose another limb. I place my fingers against the parchment to feel its energy. The mint makes itself known immediately, thriving in the cool air. It shows me an image of the man and death. It's so calm. Shapes appear in my mind's eye. Silhouettes of people, railroad workers on a normal day. A peaceful memory of the same track. They vanish when we hear more yelling. Lacey, hurry! I reach for the Angelica. In my heart, I know we need it. Please, please, this time. It shoots energy into my hand. <gasps> I harmed it last time. I didn't mean to, I'm sorry. I push my fear down into my chest and steady my breath. Please, I ask the Angelica to help protect us. I ask with respect. Anna reaches to the book as well and takes my hand in hers. We need to close the veil. We focus for a moment, but nothing is happening. I'm sorry for my mistake. I'm grateful for your help. And then I say, I trust that we are safe. I feel the heat of the fire again. Suddenly, an explosion. <laughs> We're blown against the ground, but the flames didn't reach us. The veil is still lifted, I can feel it. This isn't working, I say. I have to try something else. There's something weird about the wreckage. I can't figure it out. Look, Anna points. The Angelica roots are wrapped around the cross ties, slowly lifting them out of the ground. The wood is completely untouched. <sighs> Come on. I crawl toward the fire. No, Lacey, it's dangerous. <laughs> but the Angelica roots aren't catching fire. When I reach the tracks, I put my weight on one side and help the roots lift one of the ties from the track. The hot metal is coiled backwards by the huge tendrils of roots bursting forward. Anna works up the courage to help me again. This isn't real! 
I yell. It's just a memory. The railmen start to fade away behind the waves of heat, their silhouettes disappearing into the darkness. We pull the tie free from the ground with the help of the roots loosening the soil. Dragging it through the gravel, I ask the Angelica again. Please, help us close the veil now! A cold blast sends the fire into the night air, fading with the souls around us. The disaster vanishes into final sparks, lifting up toward the trees. Still unsettled, I try to return to the book. After the roots bury into the ground, they release it, leaving it caressed in the grass. The only thing left is the man with the lantern glowing softly. I was waiting on you. You're a... I try to get my voice under control. You're a signalman? I am. I've been here a long time, though trains haven't come through in quite a while. Anna picks up the book and examines a tree line, feeling watched. I feel it too. A deep breath comes from the wood. I finally realize this is the plant spirit we were supposed to find next. The oak wood is for strength and honesty, something you'll need soon. I recognize you, Anna says. It was your voice in the woods, calling the horse away. You were in the road when we were driving away. That was your lantern. Yes, I try to help where I can. I want to ask him more questions. I want to ask him about my foot. Is this permanent? I start to wonder if what we're doing is worth it at all. He lifts his lantern and nods toward the tracks. As the first sign of daylight approaches, I can see enough to recognize the tracks are now overgrown, and every single cross tie is covered in moss. Moss Hollow is written and performed by Melinda Beck, original music by Kendall Winter, Mountain Foley by Melody Parrish. Kendall has some new music coming soon, and her new album is called Banjo Mantras, and it's available for pre-order this week. So go to her Instagram for more details at Winter Kendall. That's K-E-N-D-L. See you next week, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.